My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So I chose a single strategy that I actually wanted to use, and I chose property development. So from 2013 up to now, I've been doing property developments. And so far, I've managed to acquire 15 properties within that time frame. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with successful property investor and developer Sanders Malaya. Learn how he managed to go from nursing to working in the world of property, accumulating 15 properties since 2013 and much, much more. First, Malaya tells us a little bit about what he does in the world of property and where his business is based. I run a business called Musisa Property and Consulting. We specialize in um, uh, purchasing and acquiring positively geared properties that have got an, an, an option of uh, immediately getting instant equity from, from it. So I am a buyer's agent and I am predominantly based in Sydney. But I cover areas like the South Coast, um, uh, Wollongong, um, Western Sydney, Central Coast, Newcastle, Brisbane, and, and Tasmania. Malaya had an interesting way of coming up with a name for his property and consulting business. So my name, Musisa, is an abbreviation. Uh, the way we came about it is uh, the M is an initial for our surname. The SI is the first two letters of my wife's name and SA is the first two letters of my name. Like most property investors and developers, Malaya has a busy day. So uh, what I actually do is pretty much helping investors uh, on on their dream. Like we are helping uh, investors, uh, you know, get out of their jobs by investing in positive cash flow properties. And we also go as far as helping uh, people that want to buy their own, own, own homes. So my day is, is full of property research. Malay then goes on to tell us about where he grew up and the sacrifices he took to immigrate to Australia. So I was born in Zimbabwe in a, in a small town called Binga. And um, it's actually in, in Matavere North. And 
I did my primary education as well as secondary education in Zimbabwe, and I went on to study and do uh, nursing. So I've been working as a registered nurse for 30 years. And then um, I then um, moved to Australia in 2004, uh, just to, you know, for the, for the change of the environment. I wanted my family to to, to have a, a new a new future to to have a better education so that's that's how i ended up in uh, in australia so from 2004 up to 2010 pretty much i've been working as a as a registered nurse i came first and then a year later my family joined me so i'm actually married and i've got i've got three kids applying for the visa was a lengthy process it took about almost a year and uh, i i also had to register with the australian nursing council uh, and then I had to raise money for FS. I had to raise money for all the necessary registrations. So that took a while. And to achieve all those goals, I had to sell entirely everything that, that I had. He gives us some background on his education pathway and why he decided to choose nursing as a career path. My background is uh, pretty much a rural background. So from kindergarten up to year seven i did that type of education in my home area and then for the secondary education which is up to year 12 i did that in a small town center called binga and then once i did that i then went on to do um, my nursing training at uh, wange colliery hospital so that, that's where I did my nursing. And then I, I did work in Zimbabwe for about 10 years before I then thought of uh, migrating into Australia. Tell me a little bit about what was like uh, growing up with regards to going into nursing because did you choose that out of uh, interest or did you choose that because um, you had influence from family? Why did you go into nursing? The reason I chose nursing is um, it's a long story, but I'll try and cut it short. So my father was critically ill and was admitted in a in a hospital. Uh, I, I was 15 years then. I happened to visit him when he was ill in a hospital, and I did look at the way nurses were looking after him. It was really very, very, very good. And, and then uh, it was a critical illness, but my father recovered from it. So after that, after talking to a few nurses and observing what, what they were doing, that's when I, I, I got this inspiration that I, I really need to help other people. So that's how I actually got into nursing. He tells us more about what it was like working as a nurse in Zimbabwe. Working in Zimbabwe was very, very, very good because um, as you might know, Zimbabwe was one of the richest countries in, in, in Africa. But I never dreamed of getting out of Zimbabwe. Like everything was there. Um, you know, the economy was uh, quite, quite good. It was very enjoyable doing, doing nursing because that, that's, that, that's a career that I really liked. And uh, because I didn't join nursing for money, I, it was very, very beneficial for me. I, I, I did enjoy, uh, you know, seeing people coming in a, in a sick situation and then they go home in a, in a better way. So that, that's what motivated me a lot. For Malaya, there were some key reasons why he wanted to immigrate to Australia. I realized that um, uh, the, the economy in Zimbabwe had actually started deteriorating. 
and um, I didn't want to see uh, my 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 kids, you know, uh, growing up in a in an area where the where the economic situation is not good, so that they end up not achieving their goals. So that's that's why I I thought of uh, migrating. So to me, when I say for a better future, I was I was I was looking at my kids getting into better education. And 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 also our for especially for myself and everyone else, I was looking at not being tied up into a nine to five job. I was looking for possibilities where I could, you know, further on maybe end up running a business where I can I can be my own boss and uh, and and also be be financially free. Coming to Australia, as would be expected, was a big step and Malaya had to adjust to many things along the way. I mean, when I landed, I was very excited, I mean, with the you know, excitement of getting into a new area. But once reality set in, then I was quite, quite nervous. And uh, truly speaking, I didn't know what was coming and what, what to expect. Before I even came to Australia, I had a job. So um, my job was at uh, Westmead Public Hospital. And it was uh, it was sponsored by um, by Pupa nursing agents. So uh, I knew where I was going straight away, and I landed at Sydney Airport. And it was a new environment for me. Seeing you know, I I, I didn't know anyone, um, and uh, the culture was different. The environment was different. And imagine leaving your own family and getting into an area where you completely know no one. And then also, even if I was a, a, a very good experience in nursing, um, you know, once I stepped into the hospital, it was all, everything was different. I mean, medications are the same, but the things are done differently. So I, I, I actually had to learn all that. Though things went well for a while, eventually in 2008, Malaya's financial situation took a turn for the worse. I did work at Westmead Hospital from 2004 to 2008. And then uh, 2008, I, I lost my job uh, because, uh, because of the global financial crisis. As, as, as you may understand, my, my family my family had, 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 had then joined me uh, by then. Uh, we had uh, we had we had bought our we had bought our first home, and uh, my wife was barely having a job, so I had to do something to be able to maintain the mortgage repayments and also be able to look after my family. So I, I had to to get another job, which uh, which then sent me to to Tasmania, unfortunately. And I had to leave my family in uh, Sydney to just to pursue another job. Oh, no. So basically, that's the second time you had to leave your family, first in Zimbabwe and then second time in Sydney. Wow. That must have been really hard. It was a very big challenge, but, uh, well, something had, had to be done. Otherwise, I was going to lose the house. At Tasmania, Malay experienced some more struggles, but fortunately, things began to improve as time went on. So in uh, Tasmania, I I was I I got a job there as a as a registered nurse as well, but working under an, under a nursing agent. So they they sent me to Launceston Hospital where I was working uh, as uh, part of the staff there. And um, the the only positive thing is that. Um, 
airfares were paid for, accommodation was 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 paid for. All I had to do was uh, to to make sure I had enough food for myself. <laughs> yeah, and then um, because I was I was again by myself there, I didn't know anyone. Uh, it was a very challenging environment again. So to fix that, I had um, to make sure I was actually working 24-7. So each time I moved from one job, I moved to another job so that I was totally occupied. I stayed in Tasmania for a year, so the end, 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 the whole of uh, 2009. Then um, the, GS, G, the GFC was sort of getting to an end, so I, I, I got a job back in uh, Sydney um, at uh, Northwest Hospital, which is just about uh, a five minutes drive from, from where I live. So, uh, so 2010, uh, I, I, that's when I actually uh, moved back to, to Sydney to join my family after I acquired a job at Northwest Private Hospital. How long were you working at Northwest Hospital? So I've been working at Norwest Hospital, and I'm I'm actually still uh, working there whenever they want me to. Um, so from 2010 until until now, but uh, for now I, I I just do it as a as a passion more than a, more than a job. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Sanders Malaya's journey and how he got started in property. Truly speaking, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> all, all, all I wanted was was a home to live in. But uh, fortunately enough, I, I, I landed up into, into a nice suburb, which is called Glenwood. One of his worst investing moments and how it also turned out to be a light bulb moment for him. So that's when I, I realized I had done a massive, massive mistake. So, so, so to move forward, then I, I thought I must stop there. His aha moment when things start to fall into place. So meaning that, with that, that within that short time frame, I made $280,000 profit. And that's next. I'm Taran Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Malaya's first property was a family home, which he bought after first settling in Australia. The first home that we bought two years into Australia, so in 2006, was actually a home for, for the whole family to, to, to live in because we were, we were renting a very small unit and with a family of five, it was, it was very, very difficult. So uh, I thought the, the, the only way, you know, we actually came here to, to, make, to, to live in a better place. So... That's why we actually acquired that home for the, for the family to live in a, in, a, in a better environment. When searching for his first property, Malaya was very new to the world of property, but with a bit of luck on his side, managed to find a nice house to purchase, which he later made readjustments to in order to bring in more income. So truly speaking, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> all, all, all I wanted was, was a home to live in, but... Uh, uh, fortunately enough, I, I, I landed up into, into a nice suburb, which is called Glenwood. Uh, so I was, I was just driving around and looking for a place and for a home where we, that, that we could pretty much afford. 
that, that's how we ended up buying by buying the house that that, that that we live in up to now. I still live in that house. It had a very beautiful swimming pool at the back. But uh, after having learned a lot of uh, investment strategies, I ended up uh, destroying the swimming pool. I built a grand flat there and is now positively geared and also helping pay, pay the entire mortgage, yes. For Malaya, his second property that he bought was certainly not without its mistakes. But after educating himself, who soon began to truly embark on his property investing journey with incredible success. So what happened was for me to start investing, I went to a, to a birthday party and uh, everyone was talking about investing and how they bought properties and, 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 and all that stuff. So then the following day, I said, well, it looks like it's actually only me who hasn't done anything. So, and then a week later, um, without knowledge, without knowing what I was doing, I, 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 I again just drove into, into Liverpool and I don't know how I ended up there. Um, I, I ended up buying a, a, my first investment property that was so expensive I didn't know. And, and the, the rental amount was so negatively geared that, you know, I could barely uh, sustain the mortgage repayments. And to make matters worse, it was, uh, I, the, 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 the bank used my, my home as, as a security. And because I didn't know it, that's exactly what happened. Uh, so when I wanted to buy property number three, meaning my second investment, that's when now I realized that um, the first property that I bought was overvalued. Um, and then the banks could not lend me money because the, the second investment property was cross-collateralized. So they had to value or the both, both homes. And they said, well, your, your income is, cannot, cannot service this. And then secondly, uh, you know, both of your homes do not have much value for you to move on. So that's when I, I realized I had done a massive, massive mistake. So, so, so to move forward, then I, I thought I must stop there. So I started educating myself. So I, I ended up going to different seminars, reading books about investing. And I ended up with uh, the lady called Demphna Boholt. Uh, she teaches a lot of strategies of uh, how to invest. And after I had massive knowledge now, uh, that was 2013, that's when now I sat down and put a peg in the sand and said, this is what I want. This is how, how I want to invest. So I chose a, a single strategy that I, that, that I actually wanted to use, and I, I chose property development. So from 2013 up to now, I've been doing property developments. Um, and so far, I have managed to acquire 15 properties with that, within that time, time frame. As part of educating himself on property investment, Millet enrolled in many different courses. I did Jason's course. I did uh, Bob, Bob Anderson's course as well. Um, so, and then I did all the courses with uh, Demphna Board from, from renovations to land subdivisions, you know, and then uh, property development itself. Um, and then I've also done courses with Mark 
Mark Rotten, uh, he actually does options. Uh, I've also done courses with Ian Ugate. He, 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 he deals with positive cash flow investments. Um, and uh, right now, uh, um, I, I have, I, as after joining uh, the Bias Agent Institute uh, with uh, Ben Handler, that's how I actually converted into the into the Bias Agents business. So I have uh, pretty much done everything you can think of in terms of property. Melee speaks in more detail about his worst investing moment, which was when he bought his first investment property and decided to make some changes to it. My worst moment is when I had to sell the 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 first investment property to be able to move on. So I I, I had to sell it and and lost money. I about thirty thousand dollars. So that that that's when that 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 was my light bulb moment when I said, well, there should be a better way. So yes, that, that that was the property in Liverpool. So once I sold that property, it, it then opened all the all, all the gates for me to actually do whatever I wanted to do. But without education, I wouldn't have done that. And then uh, the, the the other situation that I can relate is when I bought a house on a block of land, and. Um, Without notif, I knew what I wanted to do. I was supposed to build, uh, so I subdivided. I was going to subdivide into two blocks of land and then build two homes. But without consulting the bank, I went on to demolish the house before I even secured a loan to to go and uh, build. So when I when I went on now to try and uh, borrow money to build the two houses, and then the initial bank. The initial bank said, uh, you have uh, breached our mortgage, so we cannot lend you any money to go and uh, build. I don't know what you're going to do. And then I tried to use mortgage brokers to source uh, construction loans. Every mortgage broker couldn't do it. They said, well, mate, you have done a very bad job here. Nothing much can be done. So that was one of my worst experiences. So... So to fix that, I had to walk to a bank myself and uh, spoke to the bank and said, uh, this is my situation. How, how best can you help me, guys? That's how I actually got out of it. And they, they managed to, to, to lend me money for construction. He gives us some more information as to why the bank stated there had been a breach in lending conditions and some excellent advice in regards to property investing. Because the the initial lender lended that there was a house as security. So so once once that house was demolished, then there was no security on the on the mortgage. It was just a, it was a piece of debt left there. So, so then the, then the bank said, "Well, we you you have breached." Um, our lending conditions, you know, we knew there was a house there. You didn't tell us that you have demolished the house. So somehow you 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 have to pay out and and we 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 want our money back. That would have been quite hard. How long did that process take to get out of that situation? Uh it took about three months uh, for, for for that entire problem to, to go away. But I knew that investing is about, you know, solutions, about finding the the, the best solution ever. To me, it's uh, it's all about problem. Uh, it's about problem solving. Uh, you know, do not be afraid to fail, but be afraid not to try. 
Malaya tells us about his aha moment where everything fell into place and had given him a sense of hope for the future of his property journey. My first aha moment is when I uh, I, I actually built, uh, this, this was my first build when I bought a piece of land in Western Sydney. Um, I bought it in uh, 2014, uh, ended up building a house there. Uh, the purchase price was 250 for the land by then, and the, and the construction was 250. So I spent 500 on on that, and uh, it took me two years to build. And uh, in in 2017, it was it was valued at 780,000. So meaning that with that that within that short time frame, I made 280,000 dollar profit. So that that was my aha moment when I said, well. If I can achieve this, surely I can do better things then. Malay came to a crossroads as to whether he should keep his job as a nurse or pursue property investing full-time. I kept my job because even if you do that, you know, to 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 be able to borrow money, you still need a job. So that, that's why I, you know, I, I kept on doing my nursing job and out of passion as well. Uh, and then continued doing the same thing and then this 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 time i actually scaled up and uh, did bigger developments so inspired by sanders malaya's journey and his amazing investments, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory, where we'll discuss Santa Malay's property strategy. So what I do is I go into some of these suburbs where people think they are the worst suburbs that are not very expensive. How he manages properties in different places across Australia. So the most challenging part is when I'm starting to to investigate and getting to know the area. The personal habits that have contributed to his success? My personal habits is, um, so So first of all, I, I, I realize that if you align yourself with people of the same mindset, uh, people that do the same stuff, you tend to, uh, you know, be successful because every day, you know, you talk about positive things, there's nothing negative. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.